The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by Bupa, supporting the health of millions of Australians. Because life happens. Find out more at bupa.com.au. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 18th of September. In your Squiz today, Australia's unemployment rate falls, defining a hotspot, the numbers around footy finals, and a plane to nowhere. This is your Squeeze Today. News from the Bureau of Statistics yesterday, Claire. Our unemployment rate fell from 7.5% in July to 6.8% in August. Turns out 110,000 jobs were created last month. Given the COVID context, this seems surprising, but as always, the devil is in the detail. It is. And what our Prime Minister Scott Morrison and Treasurer Josh Frydenberg emphasised yesterday is that there's the unemployment rate that's official and then there's the unofficial one. And that's because a lot of people have fallen out of the labour force and they've stopped looking for work. But when you wrap up all of those people, it looks like unemployment has fallen from 9.8% to 9.3%. So it's very high still, even if it did fall in that August month. Also, something analysts are looking at, they're a bit concerned about the type of jobs that were created. Uh, It looks like there's a lot of sole traders coming onto the books, and that's good for people that are setting up their own businesses and pursuing their professional endeavours. But it looks also like there's a lot of things like food delivery riders, and of course, they don't get the same kind of entitlements uh, that other workers get. So the question is, will we see unemployment hit that rate of 10% that was predicted by the Reserve Bank and the Treasury? doesn't look like it. And what Josh Frydenberg said yesterday is they really need to go away, plug those numbers into the Treasury model and have a look at what it means, particularly when it comes to announcing the delayed federal budget on the 6th of October. Also occupying our Prime Minister's mind, of course, would be National Cabinet. It's Friday, so that means it is meeting today. The hot topics are borders and the definition of a hotspot. The theory is if the federal government and the state and territory governments can agree on what a coronavirus hotspot is and also what a coronavirus free zone is, then they can start making some decisions about smaller zones rather than entire states and territories being prevented from moving interstate. Prime Minister Scott Morrison thinks that's the sensible way to go, but he doesn't expect a lot of progress to be made on that today. That, of course, is because a lot of the state premiers, particularly Western Australia, New South Wales and Queensland, are really angry about the politicking that's going on around this at the moment. And as we spoke about yesterday, he'll also want to talk to premiers about bringing more Aussies home from overseas, which would require the states and territories to increase their hotel quarantine programs. All the way up to the NT now, and this story contains details which may be distressing for some listeners. The Northern Territory Coroner Clare is calling for an overhaul to the way suicide and sexual assault is investigated. This comes off the back of a three-day inquest in Darwin, which examined the deaths of three girls after police were unable to confidently determine the circumstances of their deaths. 
And as a result, those deaths were thought to be suicides. But as you say, there's no definitive determination there. 16-year-old Katura Sherilyn Mamarika, 15-year-old Layla Leering and 17-year-old Fionica James lived in different remote communities. There was evidence in the girls' postmortems that something had happened to them, potentially a crime. But the coroner there says that bungled police investigations meant that he might be unable to tell the girls' families the truth about what really happened to them. If that story raises issues for you, there's a link in the episode notes to services that can help. Lamine Dyack Clare was, at a time, one of the world's most influential people in sport. Now he's been sentenced to four years jail and fined more than $800,000 for corruption during his time as head of the International Association of Athletics Federations. He was head of that association from 1999 to 2015 and at that point he went into house arrest in Paris over these corruption claims. It's quite an incredible story. It seems that what he has done is taken the positive drug results of some athletes and then basically got them to pay him uh, for suppressing those results and that includes Russian athletes participating in the 2012 London Olympics. His son, who was working as a consultant for him at the time, was also given a five-year jail sentence for his involvement in those crimes. And you know, Claire, it's September, so it's about time we talked about footy finals. Normally we'd be gearing up. (laughs) Looks a little different this year, of course, and there's lots of news about how many and who can actually go to the finals. Starting with the NRL, yesterday the New South Wales government said the state's major venues will be able to operate at up to a 50% capacity from next month. That means we could have 40,000 people at the Rugby League Grand Final on the 25th of October. It's a little more complicated for the AFL. It really is. They're having a Grand Final, of course, outside of Melbourne for the first time ever and that has layers of complications because, of course, that big grand final that's usually at the MCG has a real structure around it about how the tickets are doled out. And now that they're having it in Brisbane, where, of course, a lot of the fans aren't, uh, that means that they have to work out a way. And what they said yesterday is that club members from the teams that make it into the grand final will get access to 54% of the tickets. If they're Melbourne clubs, which there's a good chance that there will be. Uh, It means, of course, that a lot of their club members won't actually be able to get from Melbourne to Brisbane to do that. So the residual tickets will go on sale to the general public at 2019 prices. That final, of course, will be held on the evening of the 24th of October. Each year, Claire, the Archibald Prize awards a packing room pick. Literally those who work in the packing room choose their favourite artwork. This year's winner has been revealed. The winner of the Packing Room Prize this year is Maine Wyatt. He's an actor from Mystery Road, an ABC TV production. He also made quite a splash on Q&A earlier this year. He's an Indigenous man and he's doing quite a bit at the moment, of course, around those issues that have affected the Black Lives Matter movement. The project was something that he started. He said he was working on it and it was looking pretty good. And his mum, who also was a finalist herself in the 2003 Archibald Prize said that he had to submit it and he said that you should do what your mum tells you to. Lucky that he did. It's a self-portrait. It's well worth a look. The Archibald Prize itself will be announced on Friday next week and you can check out all the finalists in a link in the Squeeze Today email. I'll also pop that in your episode notes. 
A message now from a fellow Aussie business, Adore Beauty. Many listening may be familiar with Adore. After all, they are Australia's home of online beauty. Founded in Melbourne by Kate Morris 20-odd years ago, they stock over 250 beauty brands. And because they know your podcast people, they've asked us to let you know about their very own podcast, Beauty IQ Uncensored. Every Monday, the hosts interview experts on all aspects of beauty, from the unspoken but very real bits like hair removal and nail fungus, I think it was ear candling this week, as well as interview beauty experts and review products. To have a listen, just search for Beauty IQ Uncensored in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And it's times like these, Claire, that those who are able to innovate will thrive. That's what Qantas is trying to do, I guess, with their flight to nowhere. Yeah, it's one of those things that I find hard to get my head around. Uh, The deal is you get on a plane for seven hours, it leaves Sydney, it's heading to Uluru, it then goes to the Great Barrier Reef. You don't get off, you just look out the window at these natural wonders. I guess that might be nice. Pretty Uh, cool. Tickets went on sale for that yesterday. They sold out in 10 minutes. And it goes to our subject line today, which is the very romantic Angus and Julia Stone song, going to take her for a ride on a big jet plane. That's amazing. I think there are a lot of people who love flying and will really, really, really enjoy that. And also, Claire, Apple has a new update. So in Friday Lights, there's a guide to some of the new features. And there's also a recipe for a lemon curd and almond cake. Look, I made it last weekend and I was a bit shocked because the batter is really thick and I thought, oh, I've really stuffed this up. But uh, I made my lemon curd, I put it all in the oven and it was a winner. There you go. One for weekend baking, perhaps. Finally, the quiz is up on our website, thesquiz.com.au. Great way to get your competitive juices flowing. Soak up a a few minutes. Might want to give that a whirl. That's all from (laughs) us today. Enjoy your weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Superannuation can sometimes feel like just another overwhelming life admin chore. But as a member of Aware Super, you'll have access to lots of free online tools to help you, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you might need for retirement and comes with an easy to understand plan of how to get there. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.